Hi everyone. Some people think that they can time the market. Not only do you have to know when to get out, but you also have to know when to get it back in. Let's take a look at the data of being fully invested and missing some of the best days. If you were fully invested in the SP500 index from January 2002 to January 2022, you would have an annualized return of 9.4%. But just missing the 10 best days, one day per year on average, what do you think your annualized return will be? It will be only 2.51%. If you miss 30 days, your return pretty much is zero. This is why you should not try to time the market. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your time. Good morning. This is Rob McDougall with Zeng Financial with your weekly market update. Today is November 7th, 2022. So we're going to go through last week's economic data that was released, including the Federal Reserve announcement, take a look at the returns from last week, and then preview the economic data points expected to be released this week. Last week, in terms of economic data, it was relatively light, uh, although we did have the Federal Reserve meeting. We'll talk about that in just a second. On Tuesday, we had the ISM Manufacturing Index released. It came and hit 50.2, dangerously close to the 50 cutoff between expansion and contraction. Now, that 50.2 was slightly better than expected. The consensus was 49.8, but it was down from September at 50.9. And it really is not a good-looking chart. That's five consecutive months in a row of the ISM Manufacturing Index slipping. So one negative data point. Secondly, the FOMC, as I mentioned, they had their meeting last week on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, with the uh, communique released on Wednesday, followed by a press conference. The, uh, the Federal Open Market Committee did raise interest rates again, as expected, 70 by 75 basis points. That was pretty much priced in, which now leaves the expectation for the next Federal Reserve meeting, which is in another five weeks. Um, the expectation now is, again, split almost evenly, 54% probability of a 50%, 50 basis point hike in December versus a 46% chance of a 75, 75 basis point hike. So the market uh, immediately after the communique was released last week responded positively because the language did appear slightly more dovish in the head, suggesting maybe the Federal Reserve was going to back off on their announced interest rate increases in the future. But then Chair Powell, Chairman Powell, during his press conference, put cold water on that and said definitively uh, don't expect any um, lessening, any pullback by the Federal Reserve over the short term. So in response to that, both equity markets tanked and fixed income markets rose. Uh, we'll take a look at those numbers in a moment. Also last week, we did have the ISM non-manufacturing or service metric that was released. October came in at 544 a little bit below consensus of 55, 
definitely below last month at 56.1, but 54.4, that's a still a pretty solid reading, but much like the manufacturing ISM component, the chart doesn't look great on this. Uh, we came into the year, January was at 60. It's bumped along, had a couple of months where it was up, but definitely the pattern is down. Uh, and again, October, the number is 54.4, so no worry about uh, contraction within the service industry, but it does suggest some slowing. Lastly, on Friday, we did have non-farm payrolls, unemployment, non-farm payrolls, better than expected at 261,000. Consensus was for 200,000, so that looks good, but then it doesn't really foot well with the unemployment rate, which was also released that day, last Friday. Unemployment rate unexpectedly up a little higher than expected. Consensus was 3.6%. The unemployment rate came in at 3.7%. The unemployment rate for October or for September was 3.5. So unemployment rate a little higher than expected. New jobs added a little higher, a little better than expected. Last thing from last week was the S&P 500 earnings. Now we've got uh, roughly 80% of the S&P 500 have announced earnings for the third quarter. Fully 70% of companies have beat expectations in the third quarter. So that's a very positive thing. And expectations for the quarter uh, leveled off, but have come down to the point where the expectation is a 2.2% growth year over year. You may recall coming into the third quarter, expectations were for at least a 7% increase. So that's a good thing. Um, companies are hitting, beating expectations, and expectations are now coming down. So that's a good setup for the stock market for the fourth quarter, potentially. So in terms of the returns last week, how the market responded, again, the market immediately after the Federal Reserve press release came out, responded very positively. Then when Jerome Powell did his press conference, the reverse happened. So the market definitely sold off hard, limped through the rest of the week. So for the full week last week, S&P 500 was down 3.3%. Uh, sort of the same thing we've seen year to date. The difference between value and growth, very stark. Value last week down, call it 60 basis points. Growth down 6%. Let me give you those numbers on a year to date basis. U.S. growth stocks down 37.4%. U.S. value stocks down 2.8%. So for our client portfolios, that relatively speaking, has been a very good thing since we do bias our portfolios towards value. Also last week, and again, this is a little bit surprising to me, in a down market, small cap again outperformed large. Uh, large cap is down about 3.9%, small cap down 2.3%. So on a full year basis, large cap year to date down about 22%, small cap down 18.5%. Again, good for our portfolios on a relative basis. Last week, this is a um, deviation from the norm, at least uh, for this year and for a trailing one year, with the S&P 500 down 3.3%, International was actually up last week, up 1.1%. The real driver in International last week was China. China has been by far the worst performing geography for a long time, particularly year to date. 
Uh, but China last week was up 11%. Uh, I believe the reason for that was expectations. There may be some uh, relaxation of their COVID policy going forward. It would be a very positive thing for China, China manufacturing, if that were to happen. China on a year-to-date basis, though, still down almost 37%. A fixed income, that was again last week down very strongly. The two-year yield uh, was up 25 basis points last week. The 10-year up 15. So last week, the U.S. Uh, US aggregate bond index, the Bloomberg aggregate bond index, down almost 80 basis points. U.S. long government treasuries down 2.2%. So... Both fixed income and equities down last week, uh, the exception being international performing well, particularly China. So this coming week, uh, we do have a small smattering of economic data points Thursday and Friday. We'll go through those. But the big event this week will be uh, it's political. And uh, this actually does fall into the bucket, though, of impacting future returns, and that's the midterm elections. So midterm election on Tuesday, probably won't know all the election results immediately. Just bracing all of us for that uh, potential. But uh, just taking a look at 538's uh, predictive software. They have a modeling software. They run 40,000 iterations. Um, Out of that, they say the Senate is a dead heat between Republican and Democrats. However, 54% of their sample came out with the Republicans actually taking a majority in the Senate. That would be positive. I think for the market and the House, um, in their software simulation, 83% of the events came out with the Republicans winning. I think it's pretty fair to say, unless something very odd happens, um, Republicans will take the House. Pretty certain they'll take the Senate. That's less probable. But Here's the real takeaway on it, and the reason for bringing it up, not just for political reasons, is because how the stock market has historically responded in a mixed governance environment. So this would be, I think, very positive, at least based on historical. If you take a look since 1945, this is a um, chart put together by CNBC. If you go back to 1945 and you take a look at when the best returns are for the S&P 500, the single best data point is only a four-year period. Democrat president, House and Senate split between parties. That's That could possibly happen. So that uh, four-year stretch was a positive 13.6% return on the S&P. Second best uh, with a, de- a Democratic president, Biden. Uh, Republican Congress, which again, very possible it will happen. Um, S&P returns following 12 months up 13.0. So Uh, We'll see if that holds, but I do think a split Congress is going to be good for the stock market. We should know more Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, On Thursday, we'll see the CPI. This is uh, hugely important. We talk about inflation being the number one driver of fixed income and equity returns. Last month was disappointing. The CPI came in at 8.2. The consensus was 8.1. The consensus for this month is, for the month of October, is 8.0. I do want to caution on this. It may come in at 8.0. Gas prices have dropped uh, year over year. That's a very positive element. Energy is roughly 8% of the index, CPI index. 
a year ago uh, in October, that was plus 30%. We're gonna drop that at basically a zero for the one month. So that will help. But the one thing I'm a little concerned about that might make CPI a little stickier in the short term, diesel prices. So we talk about gas prices all the time uh, and their impact, that's pretty easy to measure. Diesel prices, not so much because that is the transportation cost for most goods that get to your grocery shelf or to Amazon. And uh, over the last three months alone, if, uh, we've felt some relief at the pump. Gas prices on average in the U.S. have dropped 7.1% over the last three months. However, at the same point in time, uh, diesel fuel is actually up over that same time frame, up about 6%. So um, that portion of CPI probably is not going to improve. So the consensus again being 8.0 for, um, for the month of October, I would not be surprised if it only improved 8.1, we'll see. Uh, CPI core, which takes out food and energy, uh, the consensus expectation for this month, uh, for the month of October is 6.5%. Prior month was 6.6%. Not much to say there. Inflation expectations. Last week improved very slightly. Let's just call it a push over the previous week. So based on the 10-year treasury minus the 10-year tips, expectation for inflation over the next 10 years dropped down to 2.48%. It was previously 2.51%. So even with the Fed pushing up interest rates and their communication that we talked about that really roiled both the fixed income and equity markets, really didn't move inflation expectations. Lastly, Friday, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index. Uh, the November consensus is down slightly. It's uh, 59.5. Month of October was 59.9. So a very modest decrease. I would guess that consensus is pretty close. That is it uh, for our recap, weekly economic recap. So thank you very much for your attendance and hope to see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.